Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I am just checking in on you to see how your week's going. And as you can tell, this is a videoed one, which means uh, I have a guest, a special guest, which I only have. This guy is a uh, a multi, multi-talented. He's like an old school triple threat. He can sing. He can dance. He Slash. can act. He can do, oh, well, yeah, they call him Slash, <laughs> but not the one from Guns N' Roses. This is or, the one from or New the Kids. Steelers. Or the Steelers. Or the Steelers. <laughs> New Kids on the Block. Boston Zone. Joey McIntyre, everybody. Here to promote a tour that you're going on. Yes. Um, let's let's do that first, and then I'll uh, okay. we'll tell this sad story of how we both ended up in each other's lives. <laughs> um, Joe McIntyre. Ladies and gentlemen, is going on tour. He's going to be uh, starting July 7th yeah. through August 4th. Dude, you music- musicians, when you guys tour, you guys fucking go out there. You grind. Okay. Uh, this is from July 7th to the 4th. I'm not going to say all the dates, but yeah. San Antonio, Texas, Dallas, Texas, St. Yeah. Louis, Missouri, uh, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, yeah. one of my favorite cities. Yeah. Why uh, and Dote. Why and Dote, which is just outside of Detroit. Okay. So, like on paper, it doesn't look very sexy, but it's actually, you know, yeah, yeah it's uh, Why and Dote, yeah, yeah. Michigan. <laughs> As oh, we all know. Why and Dot, why and That's like a Jeopardy question. <laughs> what, what state is Why and Dote in? Uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. gonna take all your money, but it's gonna be a great time. These fucking Canadian <laughs> bastards. Verona, Cincinnati, Evanston, Illinois, Atlanta, Nashville, Charlotte. Alexandra, Virginia, dates. Philadelphia, and Hyannis. And that's right, baby. The Cape Cod Melody Tent. That's right. All right, that's little right. teaser. I, I might, to. I might be in town. I uh, say no more, Bill. The red carpet. Uh, I'll send the chopper for you. <laughs> send the it red to Canton. For, for old freckles. Send it over to Canton so you can beat all the traffic down to. <laughs> I know. Take the Bornage. You take the fucking uh, Saginaw. Uh, um, so me and Joe got to know each other. We did a movie called The Heat. Yes. Way back in the day. We did. That's already back in the day. With Melissa McCarthy it and was. Sandra Bullock. Yes. And and some some legends. I mean, uh, I always talk about. Uh, I mean, it's sort of. It's not, it's, it might be a bit of a stretch to call that a modern day classic. I mean, I get a lot of love from that. <laughs> There's not a lot of classics anymore. Is there? Is classics even a thing in well, movies I think, anymore? I think somehow uh, people got a little nervous, corporate lawyers, during this whole time of everybody getting offended, which mm-hmm. became a, really a way to get attention. Right. To literally watch a movie or a TV show and say that you were you were offended. Like, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's sure. funny how many people can get offended by that, but mm-hmm. no, like, what it was like, they're not offended on how bad they fuck over performers. Yeah. And what all these corporations do. You see all these people walking on, uh, out on strike out here. They don't give a yeah. fuck about that. No. They don't give a fuck about assholes keeping all the money so they can buy another yacht. Eh, that, that's totally fine. No. But if you go out and you say some fucking joke or whatever. But I, I think, yeah. like... All of that's kind of gone away. Like, I feel like... It's cooling uh, off. There's a cooling off period. I feel like it was a fad. <laughs> I it, it, not, not being offended, I feel like people actually taking the time to pretend that they give a fuck right. is, is, is right. going away. It's right. They're, like, they're, they're using their energy somewhere else. But for a while, they really put a lot of energy into... Yeah, like remember when they were making all those vampire and werewolf movies? They just kept making one after another, yeah, yeah. and they were all making money. And then at some point, everybody's just <laughs> like, you know, I'm kind of sick of these vampires and werewolves. So yeah. I think everybody's a little sick of somebody, 
you know, with their See, uh, emotional support turtle that they have to bring on the fucking plane. Like, right. I, I don't think he, I don't think anybody ever did care. But it was kind of like this weird period of like, <laughs> should I care? Should I care? Should no, I, I just care? think everyone was trying not to get in trouble. Yeah. Because you started seeing people in the mailroom. It's tricky out there. Taking out the big guy up top. It's tricky. It's tricky. Um, and you're going out there on tour. I'm going out there on tour by myself. But that these no, are all cool no one cities, offend. No, it's uh, it's good. But 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 to just uh, are you saying there's going to be more uh, uh, comedy classics coming around the bend now because we're we're less afraid to offend yeah. people, this, especially this, one called Old Dads, which is coming out soon. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Would you think you were just going to come in here and promote we're your waiting. project? We're waiting. We're waiting. I was curious about um, that. Well, I saw you uh, the other night, which was probably two months ago yeah. with, at my age. Yeah. But I saw you down at the Bourbon Room. Yes. And uh, you, let I, me, you let me do the intro. You did let you do the intro. You're, you're, you're a sweetheart. We know that, Bill. No matter how much you rant and rave, we all know you're a sweetheart. And you, you're never oh, going to be able totally to hide it. normal. You, you're not going to be able to hide it. So for you to say let me, you were kind enough to come down. And of course I wanted to tweet it, but you're so cool. I didn't want to. I just wanted to. Can some things just be private? You know what I mean? Do we have to post everything? I like that. Bill Berg. I didn't. You know, I got you back. I got great footage of you <laughs> introing me Sophie but for the for the listening audience right now Bill came down to my St. Patty's Day show and uh -huh. introed me and it was freaking hilarious uh, anyways of course you know it had a Boston slant to it but you were about to wrap up but my buddy on well, that's stage right. I was talking about your Puerto Rican mother my Puerto Rican mother <laughs> My 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 band, my one man band was out there, and he he had to stall. He goes, something's wrong, something's wrong. We're not plugged in or something like that. Oh, that's right. So I had to tell you to keep going, keep going, and it was it was quite epic. So and was that that show that I saw at the Bourbon Room? What what that obviously this tour was in place. These things take a while to come together. So was that no? Oh, okay. Well, the. The, the inside baseball answer, I guess, is that it was a little rushed. Most of the time, these kinds of dates you have to set up. But it was a little hectic because uh, it, it, was, it was sort of last minute, but not. You got to find the right places. You know what I mean? I didn't mm -hmm. want to, you know, they're, they're like the Bourbon Room, which is like between 200 and 500. I mean, the Melody Tent is... 2200 that's a that's a bigger show but that's a um, huge place yeah. yeah trying to find the right rooms and uh so but i think what you're asking is it's it's that show i was sort of workshopping a little bit as 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 like a comic would do i mean i did a uh, like a handful of shows at the bourbon room to work out what what set list this would be for for me to take on the road so mm -hmm. um but well, how uh, does that work? Because that, that fascinates me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not much of a singer. I don't know yeah. if you ever noticed that. But I, I was. I know how kind of how I put together uh, a, a stand-up set. So when you're going out, you know, I would think that your fans are going to expect, you know, some of the stuff with your other band there. Yeah, And then you're sure. also doing like standard stuff that you wrote. S standards, and then I have my stuff, and you know, yeah. So it's a, it's a combination, and. Um, I, a little bit of this as far as my year, I started my year playing an amazing show at Carnegie Hall in January. So I just I just oh. turned 50, the big 5-0. You're so I said, 50, you motherfucker. Look five at you. Oh, wow. Look you at know. you. It's the... Uh, Full head of hair. You I don't have, got, you don't, you don't have any booze. Weight. Take the compliment. Take Thank the compliment. You, you have Thank no you. booze weight. You still have a nice fucking chiseled jaw. Well... 
I'm I'm trying to stay on the liquid death like you, Bill. I know you. I know you're one of those guys that like, yeah. You don't drink anymore. Yeah, I just I get I get shit to do. You know what I mean? No, so, I, I yeah. yeah. I, had, I had kids. I had to I had to stop because uh, oh, dude, I was getting fucking. I was <laughs> I was drinking like an old school but, dad. I had right. the big bottle of brown stuff. Oh yeah. And I was watching me TV and yep. heroes and icons and I just kept hitting pause going, what kind of car did Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. drive in this? And Jack Lord, what kind of car was that? I was in my fucking glory and I was staying up till like two in the morning. Yeah. Getting fucking yeah. hammered. It was yeah. great. I'm not gonna lie to you. Being an irresponsible dad in that manner was fun yeah. for about three weeks and it took me about eight months to stop. <laughs> I, I identify greatly and uh, I think once you make the switch, it's it, you can't, I mean, it's it, the good news and the bad news is that I like, oh, I can't drink anymore. But then you're like, wow, I can't drink anymore because you can't recover the way you yeah i'm not you know. like a full-on alky but i'm yeah. definitely i'm on the fucking spectrum towards full-on alky yeah. so i just know how hard it was to quit so it's not like i like i feel like the full-on alkies you know the guy with the yellow fingers smoking the cigarettes yeah. and eating the donuts and the, at the meetings those guys yeah like <laughs> they literally wake up like with it's life the, or death the shakes yeah. and and they're yeah. gonna keep you know they're gonna keep going yeah. i i all i have to do is just get it out of the house and then it's like three four days of like and then I'm just, and then I just don't think about it anymore. I know, I know. I the, the get it I out. I definitely of the, have a problem. The get, <laughs> yeah. I'm with problem. you, bro. I'm simpatico. <laughs> we're we're uh, <laughs> we're in the same car right now. Okay. Um, but I hate the idea of getting it out of the house. You know. I did because I, I got a nice. Uh, you, you were you were uh, came over the the uh, the house uh, recently, but I have I have this little closet. It's like it's got a sink in it. And how can you not have? Oh. Whatever you need to make whatever you need, even for the guests. I so, know. But I'm actually getting there. I'm actually getting there. Part of me is like, you don't want to be bummed out. You know, I, I, how do you balance the fact that like... You look you like, you, look like you're, you, you could have like a glass of wine with dinner and then be like, that's enough. Well, I am a lightweight, but I mean the re no. I mean, I'm talking, talking about your capacity, right? I would never insult you like that. But, but no. that was a, what last name McIntyre? <laughs> I, I, I assume I, you can run the race. I, I no, I really can't. No, I'm a, I'm an absolute lightweight, but still, it doesn't matter to each his own. So, um, you know, what was I, what back in the day? What was back in the day? Back in the day, you're, was, in, you're in your prime. What, what was what, it? What was your drink? Well. Ironically, I mean, it was very, it was only a few months oh, ago, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, okay. But I mean, <laughs> no, I can't do it the same way. I mean, in Manhattan, I make myself my, my own Manhattan, you know what I mean? Right. It's like bada boom, bada bang, and it's, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I go in the closet with the sink, and I make the drink, and oh. I, I sit back down, and uh, life is beautiful for about 15 minutes. Don't then, you find, though, <laughs> like even just the, the whole process of making the drink in a lot of ways becomes as fun as drinking the drink. Just having all the stuff. Absolutely. Doing the little, you yeah. know, hearing that, no. knowing exactly how you like it, thinking about it on the way home, this, walking past family members that's that the you're thing. supposed to be talking to, you know, making a beeline. They call it the obsession, right? The obsession is the right. problem. It's not so much the drinking. So, yeah, the thinking about it is like, could take up a lot of space and energy. You know what I mean? I, that's my, my part of my thing about whatever the fuck is wrong with me is <laughs> I love the process. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I love the process of picking it's out like, a cigar. You're like a Sixers the, fan. The right. Trust the process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about process. You trust the process. I like the whole, the, yeah. the, the, the cutter, the lighter. What yeah. Do you light? I, I, I one time went down a rabbit hole watching. I can't find the YouTube video. This old guy did a whole video on the proper way to light a, a real Cuban cigar. Mm. And it was literally like he had a match and then he lit like a piece of cedar. Because you didn't want to draw the flame in, certainly from a lighter, or, it, or from even from a match, because the chemicals that are on that affect the pristine taste of the tobacco. Wow. And I just sat there riveted, and I watched this guy. I mean, dude, he was, he was just sitting there going around the edges of it and getting it going before he even clipped it. Mm. And he was doing that. I felt like oh. 20 minutes. And then when he clipped it, the, the, he had the cherry, and everything was just right there. And I was just like... I mean, I almost think that if, you, if you're if you like that serious about your vice, you don't get cancer. Because right. like cancer respects you. Like, yeah, okay, this guy's... You, so, and, and you're, a, you're, a, that's a, you're a cigar guy now. It's just like... I uh, am, uh, I have cut way back. Okay. And recently, a buddy of mine started smoking a pipe. Uh-huh. And I, somebody, when I was in Milwaukee, Milwaukee gave me a pipe. <laughs> Bill, if you start, if you start smoking a pipe, man... <laughs> I don't know, man. Are we I done? Know. Is that the end? <laughs> We're not done. I just don't know if the world and your world and all your loving public would handle that. They couldn't. If you come oh, out yeah. with a freaking you know what it pipe. Is? Everybody laughs, <laughs> but then they smell the pipe smoke. They go, oh, I love that smell. It's gorgeous. So are the cigars. I love the small cigars. I love that. But I can't smoke them. I, no, no, I smoke I'm, one. I'm, I'm done. I, I'm you done. Know, I, I've... I've I got him out of the house, and okay. then what I did- <laughs> Get everything out of the house. Get All your vices out of the house. Yeah, because like, I'm, I'm too old to get in the car. Yeah. To go to a bar. Absolutely. To no. go, you know. For sure. Yeah, so sort of the last frontier is, because uh, we got the, the kids are six and three, so mm. we have this cabinet that has all the snacks in it. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm just like, I had to like, I, I had to finally give in to the fact that there's going to be snacks. Right. Okay, like, like a childhood. For the kids, too. Without, you know, Fritos, Doritos, whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Cookies. So I just, what I got now is I got like, uh, what I, I got, oh my God, this is, this, is, this is what it's like getting old. I have fucking raw cashews. That's as good as it gets. And I go down and I take a handful before I get into the other bullshit. Right. That gets it going. That gets the appetite going. No, that kills it. That kills it. So late at night, that I makes just sense. do a, hand, raw cash, a handful cashews. of raw cashews. <clears throat> just the sadness of that. Wow. In pajamas. Just to keep you. I'm in pajamas, <laughs> standing in the little pantry. Keep your edge. Eating raw. Something's got to give you a, your edge. <laughs> raw cashews. No, dude. I've had, I, uh, I've had a, like, that whole fucking bullshit East Coast. Oh, you got to stay back there and uh, keep your edge. Yeah. They're, really, they're really saying, <laughs> stay angry. Stay angry. Like me and lash out at people around you. It's like I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to do that anymore. But I will say I, I still do have booze in the house, and um, and I have high end booze for when people come over. Okay. And I sort of live vicariously through them. Like a long time ago, I bought a bottle of uh, Pappy Van Winkles, which we I we just finished it, and it, I actually would get joy. Out of pour, pour, pouring a glass for someone who's yeah. never never had it. Wow. Here's another thing too. I only bust it out for f certain what, people. What? <laughs> yeah. You know. What do you, you ask the wife? Is like, is he is he earning? Yeah. If somebody should I, should I pull it out? Is in? I don't know. Let's see. I think he's gonna get a little pappy, but. Uh, 
No, there's some people that they're uh, makers. Some are makers people. <laughs> okay, all right. Not everybody gets. Well, now, even, is, that, even is it a, like a spicy thing? Is it a knock your socks off? Is it burn your soul? It will ch- you, I'm, okay, I'm going to get another bottle. <laughs> okay. And you're going to come over. Okay. All right? Yeah. And I'm going to pour you two fingers. Two fingers. And, neat, and neat, of neat. course. Oh, no. You would never, all you would never no. do okay. anything with this, okay. right? <clears throat> and you're going to sip it, dude. It's going to change your life. <laughs> you're going to sneak into your kitchen and get a couple no, of You're, you're going to buy a bottle. Yeah? After this tour, all really? the money you make okay. on this, okay. you're, you're going to go out and get okay. that. There's another thing called uh, Kentucky Owl, which was the last thing I ever boozed with. Um, was just uh, you know it it almost makes you not feel like an alcoholic. It's so good. It's, it's so c- good. Like like the wine thing. Yeah, we know there's a whole all of yeah. this and swishing yeah. it around and stuff that uh, you know, and you're developing your palate for wine. You don't really that you're a fucking wino. Right, right. There's that. Yeah, there's that angle of 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 the disease that you, know you can those, think you're doing it. You know, you know that white guy, the yeah. big puffy white guy, with, and he's got like the loafers with no socks, and you see the fat starting yes. to come out of the loafers. They're living that gout and life. The, you know, the, the 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 color of that that curtain behind. Yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what his yeah. nose yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, and he's just sitting there. And he knows all him. about wine and everything, and you're just listening to the guy. His heart's gonna give out at any second. Yeah, yeah. you're like, dude, uh, <laughs> I don't want to ruin this field trip, but you are a raging alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> but mean, they're happy. What about the happy ones? God bless them. You no, know, I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. If if I never had kids or anything, I would have been one of those guys that just dropped at 59. Yeah, and I would have been like, they would have been like, you know, and this would have been my eulogy. <laughs> you know, he smoked every cigar, <laughs> drank every drink. You know, he he lived life. This guy, happy, happy, everybody. <laughs> oh man. All right, we got some reads for the week. Look who it is. Freeze pipe. I can't make that noise. That's what I'm trying to do. Jake Isles Band. Freeze frame. We get it, Bill. All right, freeze pipe. You know, it's time to enjoy bigger clouds without the throat burn or coughing attacks. For the coldest and smoothest cannabis smoking experience, you need a freeze pipe, man. Bubbler or bong from freeze pipe. Why did it take so long for somebody to invent this? This is fantastic. Included on included on every piece is a freezable glycerin chamber that cools smoke by over 300 degrees. Pop one of these chambers in the freezer for one hour, and as smoke passes through, it inst- it's instantly chilled for an icy experience that outperforms traditional pipes and bongs. I'm not going to lie. That sounds pretty amazing. Start smoking like royalty. Oh, what, has the fucking royal family had one of these for centuries, the cunts? Start smoking like royalty without paying a king's ransom. I get what they did there. By visiting thefreezepipe.com and use code BURR, B-U-R-R, for 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's freezepipe.com, F-R-E-E-Z, oh, sorry, the freezepipe thefreezepipe.com T-H-E-F-R-E-E-Z-E pipe.com and code BURR for 10% off. Shop today and say goodbye to Harsh Smoke Forever. All right, who's now? Oh, liquid death, everybody. I'm not just a drinker. I invested in the company. Uh, Liquid death. You know, you've seen liquid death at festivals, concerts, bars, even on Zoom calls. I've seen them at my grocery store. Death to plastic. Murder your thirst. Their cold tall boys of mountain spring water will brutally murder your thirst. 
Their aluminum cans are infinitely... I don't even need to fucking read this shit. I drink it all the time. I, I just look at it this way. Would you rather drink a cold beer out of a can or a plastic bottle? Fuck you to everybody who said glass. I know what you're saying, all right? But I'm just saying, if you had to choose between the two, you'd pick the aluminum can, right? They make mountain water, flavored sparkling water, sparkling water, and they now have iced tea, three flavors. Grim Leafa, rest in peach, and armless Palmer. Uh, do not compare to Arnold Palmer. All right. Those cans of iced tea are healthy, not loaded with sugar. Iced teas have a microdose of 30 milligrams of caffeine per, per tall boy. They're also enhanced with B vitamins. You can get liquids, deaths, healthy beverages on Amazon or at a retailer near you. And Burr Tuesday listeners get 20% Tuesday, Monday or Thursday, I would think. Get 20% off their first liquid death apparel purchase available exclusively at liquiddeath.com slash burr. Exclusions may apply. That's liquiddeath.com slash burr. All right. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, it's gametime.co. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code BURR, B-U-R-R, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code BURR, B-U-R-R, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed, man. No, so, um, I mean, yeah. let me let me bring this around back to my tour, Bill, before that, we that's get why you're into here, our isms. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, it, it is very topical for me because to do this many dates, mm -hmm. um, listen... It's not heroic. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. But Dude, there's the I, troops. I, there's the I first have, responders. I, and there's Joey <laughs> McIntyre. you on tour. On tour. Yeah. Let's put this in no, perspective. I, do, I keep saying it and I want to balance it out. But I have to live like a monk. I really do. Because mm -hmm. if I want to do what I want to do and do it the way I want to do it, roughly, um, I got to take care of myself. I can't. I can't drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't. There's a lot of can'ts you know, on the tour to, to be able to can. Right. Um, and uh, it's interesting. I'm going to try to, when, when you have your first drink, I'm going to say <laughs> right around Charlotte, North Carolina. I got three yeah. dates left. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, the 31st. No, because then August 1st. Yeah. Philly. Philly's a great place to Philly's go off the great. wagon. I know. And you're then, playing a wi city winery? City winery. I know. I know. I, the the key is to not drink after the show because I think it used to be like ah oh, I just did the show I can have I can have mm -hmm. a drink, but it's the it's the uh, 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 it's not just the drink it's the uh, get the drink can I get the uh, uh, instead of just Where going, are we going? <sighs> and just going yeah. okay you did the show you know you did the show that's yeah. the thing I mean and 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 what we do 
We want. I just said it to my buddy. It's like I want to put uh, whipped cream on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like it doesn't need it. Right, right. There's right. nothing. I want more mayo on the sandwich. It doesn't need any more mayo. Right. It's like no, Joe. It's the the sandwich is fine. It's like you just played, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden. There's a bunch of young people watching this right now going, God, it sucks getting it's old. Such, I know. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that way. Even for, our, even for my fans my age, I don't want to be that guy. I want you to come to my show and have two martinis and have the time of your life, and I'm still going to have it. It's like you pouring the, 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 the great glass of scotch for them. You know what I mean? Right. You don't want to be a party. I'm not trying to be a party pooper. There's a bit of that, though. They don't really want to hear this. No, no, I, I would never say that. I will say this. Something that, that a lot of people need to know about was you had a show. I called you when the show was on, and I wanted to do an episode. Yes. But you didn't get the second season. No, we didn't get he the did second. He did a show. Yeah. What network it was, was it on? It was on Pop TV. It, okay. It was it's famous for uh, Shit's Creek. I mean, shit, they, they aired Shit's Creek. Yeah. Okay. Well, you did a show called Return of the Mac. Yes. Yes. And it was you playing yourself and what it was like <laughs> to be like this. This You were, was a kid, became famous. There right. was what, what my... F Favorite. And there was so many people. Adam Ray was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Wahlberg was yeah, fucking hilarious. Yeah, really funny. Like uh, and and uh, Jamie oh, Denbo played the. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Which we met. Oh, we met her on the heat. She's yeah, a yeah. Genius. Yeah. There was. It was so goddamn. No, I lucked funny. out. I liked. I got to produce an EP like eight episodes. But dude, so, you were hilarious, and yeah. I loved how. And yeah. this scene, like, I remember asking, I was like, dude, is that like a thing? And it, what is it, basically the this running sort of <laughs> joke that you guys never really addressed, but you either figured it out or you didn't was that women of a certain age that had a crush on you yeah. and are now in their 50s yeah. come up to you and sort of borderline <laughs> assault you, like getting free feels and everything. And you would always play it up like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like touching your chest and everything. And I remember asking you, like, that's like sort of a thing. There's, there's a demo. Uh, depends on. Uh, you just, did you hear what I said there? He goes there. There's a, like I have to walk the line here because he's a loyal fans no, that buy no. tickets. No, no, you, you sort of get groped. Um, it depends on how much, uh, how many martinis they've had. Certainly, no, my my fans are great, but yeah, that can happen. That can happen. Depends on uh, where they are in the night. I don't think Bill Clinton could have answered that question better. Thank you. You 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 Thank just you. went right through that minefield. Listen, they're, Let they're, me ask you this: Do you ever have nightmares? About you know the color women's teeth turn when they've drank too many red wines. You know that, oh, that yeah, gray yeah. with and the then red it's between their lips too. Yeah, when, when they you can't see really that, talk. yeah, I, it's like a land shark I coming make at a you. Beeline for <laughs> the other side of the room. You know, try to. Uh, no, I, I got I got great fans. So uh, the the great 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 majority of my fans do not grope me, and uh, they're very respectful, and we have a good time. Know, but it happened enough that it was a running joke. Maybe you were exaggerating, but I thought that that was Maybe. so fucking funny. <laughs> I watched every episode of that Thank show. Thank you. And uh, thank you. It's good. And time. I've been working with Adam Ray. I still yeah. want to like. I, I write stuff all the time, and I'm always Great. thinking. You think Donnie Wahlberg would do this? Because I thought he yeah. was so fucking funny in it. I know. He's uh, he was very. He, he and Jenny were were the other producers on the show, and they oh they were they came up big. Yeah, they came up big for me, and they, they did vignettes every episode. And I called Donnie for advice. You know what I mean? And he'd right. come up with these lame puns. You know what I mean? You know, uh, just that, that working that was, class mentality. Yeah. Take the gig. Don't worry about it. And I'd be like, hey, you want me to do this, Donnie? And he'd, you know, make some joke. But yeah, he's. No, he's, I, he's, I love he's it. Man. And um, great. the last thing that, you know, we've been talking about all this stuff and we haven't gotten to the real 
the real issue yeah. that makes us avoid eye contact yeah, is exactly. uh, did you watch the uh, yes. Celtics yes, of game seven against the Heat? Did you yeah, happen yeah, to catch yeah. that? It was, you know, um, was that an important game? I, I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched sports since, and I have turned everything off. And I oh, you can't it go on the happen. internet. You yeah, can't go why? On the internet why? Because that's just going to be like. I, at least I know. <laughs> I, I I think uh, Reggie Reggie Miller. The uh, he was he was commentating. I mean, he was the one guy who kept pointing out that that Tatum got injured the first minute of the game. Now, I think we didn't have a coach with the experience slash guts to sit his star player. I know. And, and Tatum wasn't going to take yeah. himself out. I mean, uh, listen, it's 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 our team. They're amazing. It's hard to root for them because they really were so up and down, and it was not cohesive. And they, yeah, but dude, this is this is what happens on the way to winning a championship. Is you got to lose some heartbreaking game seven, Cal. So why do you think Miami's fucking winning? I mean, that that guy, that goes, those guys have experienced everything. They're a fucking amazing franchise. And I'll tell you what's wrong with the fucking NBA is I've had like a half dozen of my friends going, oh my God, Denver versus Miami. Who the fuck's going to watch that? It's like, why wouldn't you watch that? Right. You have an eighth seed yeah. that just took took out a number one, a number two, yeah. and I don't know what the Knicks were. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you have Denver who beat everybody in the fucking West, swept the goddamn Lakers. Oh, yeah. They deserve to be there. But yeah. the NBA has built their brand on these super teams and sort of like these super team cities where... I wish, and I, I hope that, that they're going to get back to this because I feel like the, the you know this is the, the the highest level of talent that's ever been in the NBA because now the, it really is global now, yeah. as far as where they're getting them. But like I wish it was more like the NFL where it's like I don't give a fuck who's playing in the Super Bowl, I, I'm excited to watch it right. because they've built their brand on like anybody. You know, like if the Buffalo Bills were in the NBA, they would have to leave Buffalo. Like they just, it just wouldn't, it's like we're never going to win a championship and they'd have to move to a city and be like the Clippers. Yeah. And be like, you know, the ugly stepsister. I I, I think it is a strange uh, phenomenon. And I think, you know, the more we feed that, you know, story that no one's going to watch, it's ridiculous. But I, I, I think, you know, Denver seems like a powerhouse and I don't know right. how that, but uh I don't know if you, you talk about the Celtics on your way to, you know, this is what you got to do on your way. But, I mean, is it going to be the same team? I mean, are they going to pay Jalen Brown $40 million next year? I love the guy immensely. Didn't have a great playoff series. So what? Yeah? You still pay him $40 million because yes. he's worth it? Okay. You don't have an off show? <laughs> I do. I never tell a joke that bombs. Well, but the thing is now, like... But, yes, but... I was thinking of that because I'm like, it, it, I think I think you're very good at like taking people out that need to be taken out, but you don't take certain people out who are showing up every day and doing their job. I mean, yes, if someone sat, sat there at my show, they'd be whacking me left and right. You know what I mean? Taking down. You did this. You did that. Oh, you right. missed that shot. You missed that shot. Yeah. If I Why go, would you break the two of them up? What's they, they need, listen, I, I they need, like, we can draft somebody. What I guess nowadays you just go out and go fucking buy somebody. But, like, um, you know, you forget how young they still are. No, they I mean, got... Tatum played one year at Duke. And, the, like, how old is he now? 24? 25, yeah. 25, yeah. Jesus Christ. And you think, and they, is they keep the same coach? I mean, I just don't... No. Th no, exactly. No, but that guy got thrown into it because right. the last guy was yeah. doing what the fuck yeah, he was exactly. doing. exactly. And now he's going to be coaching somewhere else. 
And we have Joe. That fascinates me. He's like banging people's wives. Like, you, yeah. you want to take a shot at this guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that here, but you can go to another city and beat us, you know, with another team. It's No, I'm just saying, you know, what you're taking on when you bring the guy in. I don't fucking know. All yeah. I know is uh, it hurts. the Bruins lost to game seven. And then I was like, all right, I guess I'll it watch hurts. some basketball now. And then uh, it hurts. It happened again. It but uh, but I, I don't, uh, you know. I don't hate Miami or anything like that. And I just stay out. Whenever this shit happens, it's just like, there's a lot of, you know what? There's a lot of people in life who don't have a purpose. So in moments like this, when they wait for other people to fail, this is when they, they oh, try to fill very... up their soul. Yeah, so I know. like, I'm just going to stay away from that because I don't want to, listen, I'm literally moving my, I'm not even yeah. on the internet and I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I'm just pushing yeah. that away because I just don't want to listen to like, um, it's, just like the lack of, like you, you want your team to win so you can call the other team's fans bitches is no, like, not, and I have to be honest with you, is, is something that as a sports fan growing up, we didn't have to deal with because it wasn't the internet. No. Salesmen had to listen to it when they were making sales calls to the team. <laughs> like I remember I was working in this warehouse Salesman. and somebody, <laughs> when we were playing the Chicago Bears in Super Bowl Twenty, somebody <laughs> just on a piece of paper, because we sent some software to Chicago, just had wrote, said Boston just on- said, let's go Pats. Okay, and then you know, oh, I remember what happened. Yeah. The order was fucked up, on purpose. No, okay, not on purpose because okay. they were so busy writing the fucking sign away. So, oh, yeah. maybe they thought it was on purpose. Okay, they called up, yeah. lit somebody up, and then I just remember that we had a meeting out in the warehouse. No, I don't know who the fuck did this. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, this shit in. I mean, oh yeah, the uh, the owner came out. And he didn't say anything. He walked, and you know, you, you got the loading dock. He took the door and went, and slammed it down. <laughs> this fucking dumbass tie and loafers on. And then we did, just did he find the guy who said go bad? So no all one I talked. remembered is there was Bill enough. didn't talk. I tell you that much. He kept your mouth shut. I don't think it came from us. It wasn't you. I don't know who the fuck it was, but all I know is there was another guy. In the warehouse that when he slammed the door, I could not look at him. Or I was like, I'm going to get start laughing and I'm not going to be able to stop and I'm going to get fired. And also our boss was like five foot nothing. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing, it was just like, it was like a Will Ferrell sketch and he's fucking oh, screaming and yelling. God. And, uh, and I, all I was doing, I was just looking at the floor and I was playing that I was like ashamed or whatever, but I was really just trying not to fucking laugh. So that, anyways, that was like the, the most you had to deal with now, but now it's like... No, it's it's yeah. it's uh, it's a dangerous, it's a bad bad neighborhood Twitter. Yeah, it's not, you don't want to, you know... What do you think? I, I feel like you, you, it's like three, four days, and once the next playoff series starts, then they start in on the other team's fans. And sure, then, sure. And then no, the, no, the, no, the, not, the, the next 48 hours is crucial to stay away. <laughs> you know, that you got to... <laughs> You gotta put the phone down, no question about it. Uh, and and there's nothing, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing, nothing we can, can do, do about it. It's done. You know what I mean? So it's good, fellas. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Good. It's uh, yeah, nothing that, we can yeah, do. It's the phone booth. We, you, we you got whacked. It. Exactly. I'm glad I, I I'm glad I. And that was us. That was us. Motherfucker! Game seven left. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. Uh, <sighs> so. Listen, it was a crazy game. We got game six. Uh, I was happy about Butler. I'm not that kind of I'm. I'm glad that he made the three shots at the end of the game. You know what I mean? So at least he did his job. But then we won. And then game seven. Oh, man. I kind of knew in the first quarter when we got down by like six or seven, I was like, ugh. Oh, I, yeah. I, I never feel like when you get down six or seven, 
in 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 the first quarter of a game seven. I just yeah. don't. I, I'm trying to remember the amount of times people start coming back. Like the other yeah. team basically has to choke because I feel like you just start to get tight. Yeah. Like oh fuck, this isn't going the way we thought. Oh shit. Oh god, this guy's on. This you know. When so. when you have when you have your best player and maybe the best player on the court who's literally not taking an outside shot because his ankle hurt. He was. I don't know. You're done. But also my back to Donnie. Donnie's gone to a lot of Celtics games. He's a big fan. And one of the things is he, he, he went to the games when they were 20 and 60. You know what right, I mean? Right, so right. he's very real knowledgeable. He's, yeah, real fan and very knowledgeable and always has a great take and he, he should do more spot, uh, sports stuff. He's just busy acting and singing. Busy but, killing it. Yeah, busy killing it in other areas. <laughs> but I'm busy having a monster career. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's, uh, he said he was there uh, courtside, he said, well, I probably shouldn't quote him because he's that close to all this. Guy. Somebody he, who looked he, like They him. were gassed. They were, he said they were gassed in the first quarter. They were exhausted. They were exhausted. But Joe, the coach, wasn't, wasn't playing anybody. Pritchett never came in. You know, the other guys didn't come in. Bring those guys in. Have them mix it up. I don't know, for whatever reason, I mean, well, they look like he, he played the same amount of games. That's what I said to so Donnie. What fuck, That's man. what I said to Donnie. I said, Donnie, you're always right. But I can't give you this one because the Heat played the same amount of games. However, I mean that's, that's not a good excuse. That's, we that's lost because we were tired. No, but that's why the rotation didn't come in. Right, Think right, of right. who they didn't play. Right. They played seven guys instead of nine, ten. Look at Miami. You know that coach had a lot more experience. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing we can do. That was do. good. That was gonna. That was definitely gonna catch up with us. So yeah. it did, and it's painful. And you I'm know, not so all like and all we have left. Is our Boston. tours? Is, <laughs> all Bo- no, I'm going to take it to another level. All Boston has left is Joey McIntyre at the Melody Tent in August. I That's all it. we have left. Because the socks come out for the a Sox, healing the August fourth. <laughs> it does have that the uh, Jim have the Jones same vibe problem the that they've had for fucking three years. We got to score eight runs to win a goddamn game. Yeah, yeah. So. I still uh, love the Sox, though. And I, you know, I can be honest with you. I kind of like when they, they're not that good. Because yeah. I feel like it weeds out all the fucking bandwagon people. And it's just like, I, yeah. love, I love hanging in there watching game 48 yeah. of the year. You can get a you can get a, a decent seat. You know what I mean? No, we're still selling out the games. You had seats for a little while, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, had, I had him with you, Nate You Nate and Cordry. Nate, yeah. How Another was that? Another guy on the heat. Yeah, Nate, yeah, me and Nate Cordry, we split season <laughs> tickets. And it's we hard were, to handle, right? That's a was, lot of games. It was brutal because right. it was just, we were both living in L.A. But yeah. like, yeah, but you know, they just won the World Series. Yeah. We'll be able to flip these things and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And we lost a bunch of people to free agency and they absolutely fucking sucked. Oh, my. Oh, my God. We, I took a bath. Yeah. I took a bath. And he asked me the next year, you want to get Red Sox seasons again? And I was like, no, I'm good. I mean, to it, it's really, it's a full-time Which job. Which killed me to say that because my dream as a kid was not to get into show business was not my, my dream was to somehow make enough money that I would have season tickets to the Bruins Celtics Red Sox and Patriots and I and I would somehow I would not only would I have the money to do that I would have the time, time. to go to all the games <laughs> you know what I thought you were gonna say I think that's an amazing dream but I think a lot of kids dreams growing up in Boston was just to be the ball boy of the Boston Celtics. Wasn't yep. that the ultimate ball boy? Dream? Bad boy was another one. It's bad boy. Fenway. But there was something about 
the guy under the basket. You know what I mean? The ball boy for the for the '80s Celtics. Plus, like, they they were winning championships. Oh, that was rest, it. Yeah. So to get the to throw the towel to McHale every every time he went to the line that that was that was the dream. Didn't yeah. get any better than that. Yeah. I think I think that guy was like. 53 at the time. So yeah, he wasn't he, really a boy. Well, he wasn't going <laughs> to He wasn't going to give that job. He wasn't giving the job up though. <laughs> he kind of hit it. You know, I had um I had Don Gavin, uh one of the Boston stand-up legends on here one time and he went to like every fucking Celtic game from the beginning. And he was he was literally there before they won their first championship. Wow. Like I was literally and I it was so fucked up was I didn't realize that until the end of the podcast. Like I have to have him back on to talk about that. And he was there not only at the inception of the Celtics, but really the inception of the NBA. Like I think like Whoa. like like the first year, you know, he started going to games like the Rochester Royals. Which became Jeez. the Cincinnati Royals, oh, he which played, still became around? the Kansas City Kings, which became the Sacramento Kings. Wow. So I think the Rochester Royals, I want to say either they won the championship or Aaron, the St. Louis Hawks, possibly. I think hey. that was in the middle, which became the Atlanta Hawks and all that. Not to show my whole nerd side here that uh, I'm into this type of shit. So, you know, he was there when, when Kuzi retired and all of that. And, um, you know... Uh, the whole like history of the NBA was the Celtics beating the Lakers in Game Seven at one point. If you can re- if you can believe that, like Bob Cousy's last game was out at the LA Sports Arena. Oh, with the balloons and everything, right? Beating yeah the Lakers yeah in a Havlicek game. Check was in it, right? Yeah, all well, of the Game like, Seven. But the the, the story it, is they they had all the balloons in a net, and they never came down because they didn't win. They had thousands oh, of balloons yeah. netted up in the ceiling of the Forum. See, my, my whole life watching the Celtics and the Lakers is the Lakers have gotten the better of us. Like in, um, you know, up until 80, 84 I mean, was like back for 85, they got us. Yeah. 86, they didn't make it. I to know. The final. It sucked. Uh, horrible. Yeah. And then 87, they got us again. Yeah. And totally. then after that, then it became like the free agency game. So hopefully oh, yeah. at some point we will. Uh, Did you hit a lot of games at the Garden growing up? No, because they were always sold out. So I only one time, only one time I scalped tickets. Really? And I I went in town and they were playing the Pistons. I remember Isaiah didn't play, but it was the Bad Boys versus the Celtics. But Bird was there, Mikhail Parrish, our our original big three. Yeah. And Dennis Johnson and all that. And it was hot. It was like, you know, towards the end of the year or whatever. And uh, me and my buddies are like, oh, we'll just come down here. We'll start scalping tickets. But like, you know, I lived way out in the suburbs. Yeah. You know. How'd you get in there? Exactly. You didn't, you didn't. Fucking drank a 12 pack and drove in like everybody did. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone was like fucking wasted just driving in there. We used, but I I went to way more, I was more of a Bruins guy. Okay. So I went in and um, like, I think the first seven games I saw at the garden was Bruins versus the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, yeah. Because I love the rivalry and I love the fights. Oh, three, four fights, easy. Yeah. You were good for, it, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, the first one I went to was a playoff game in 83 when we were the number one seed, won, won the, the President's Trophy. Fucking choked hey, that year. Hey, and, hey. and then we played the Canadians and they just came in. And that was, that was best. Casper? Best. Casper was... <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. Stevie Casper, number eleven, was still there, but it was Pete Peters. It was Rick Middleton. Um, um, Middleton. Barry Peterson was on that team. Peter McNabb, rest Peter his soul, McNabb. he just just passed away. Really? Um, yeah. Then when we got rid of when we Terry traded O'Reilly. Rick Middleton, Terry O'Reilly, yeah. Wayne Cashman, towards the end of his career, Stan Jonathan. Those were the, the sort of the big bat Bruins guys after um, es- Espo and all of them. Yeah. 
was starting to get old because Terry came in after them. Yeah. Stan came after them. Wensink was already retired. So our tough guys, who the hell was it? Who was that tough guy? Uh, I think that was before Jay Miller and Lyndon Byers. It was Terry oh, yeah. O'Reilly. Terry O'Reilly was, was the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who was between Byers and, and Terry O'Reilly, but... Uh, Tom Fergus with Tom. that wrist shot. If he could just develop that wrist shot. He'd say that. Mike Krushelniski. Right. Ooh, uh, that was a good one. Craig McTavish. I... Yeah, it's so fucked up that all... Mike O'Connell and then Ray Bork wearing number seven. It's so fucked up I can remember all of that, but I, I, I don't care. I, I remember, I remember how excited my brother was. My brother's four years older than me, and like the, that moment of when they... They retired number seven, and he takes number seven off, and Ray Borks wearing 77. 77. Now, that was the greatest. Yeah. That, the whole night was a surprise. Right. Usually, retiring the number is like, you know, you know months in advance. That was a surprise. Yeah. He takes off the jersey. And that was a vindictive move, I feel, by, by Harry Sinnon, that he gave out number seven, Espo's number, that quickly. Do you ever hear how he, he ended up, up on for the, how he ended up on the Rangers? No. They were fucking drinking one night, and somebody said to him, I forget who the fuck it was, going like, Hey, man, I think it was Cashman or somebody. I don't know. I want to throw anybody on the bus. Yeah. Man, there's Harry over there. He's got all this fucking money. You're one of the you're best player in the league. You should go over there. You should ask him for a raise and blah, 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 blah. Uh -huh. He went over and he asked him for a raise. And then, that, like, I don't, yeah, like three, was it. three games later, he was traded. Oh, my God. I mean, just think of how many we, we could have won and all that stuff. And maybe. his brother was the goalie, right? Yeah, what Tony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tony played with the, uh, but more important. <laughs> More importantly, More importantly, just just you, to, you, just you to, we're, we're talking about the guarding, and I thought about it recently though, because because the new kids first time around, mm -hmm. it was it was it was when the Neely years and the Bork years, and that when when we lost to uh, the Oilers, but oh ninety, what 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 new yeah, kids? Mark, one of the Mark many Messier without Wayne Gretzky. Yes, one of the many. Glenn Wesley had that open net in yes, the fucking I overtime. I was there in the triple overtime, dude. I was I was. You know what's funny is people go, if Glenn Wesley hit that, would it totally change the series? It wouldn't have. They were no. just too good. No, no, no. It's unbelievable. But the the if 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 I, as I say, if the the red line kept going up the stands, it w I, my face would have been red. I was uh, I was in oh. a box. I was center right, center, bro. Wow. And that's what one of the many things that the new kids got got me. You know what I mean? We're Boston kids, and here we are, like the Stanley Cup for that game, and. All it, around, there was nothing better than that. That's, That's the what, greatest you know what's thing. So cool though is that if you're like a musician, I feel like you can stay in like your hometown. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like where, like now, I feel as a comedian, and comedians are showing this where you know once you're kind of a draw, you can kind of make it from anywhere yeah. and live anywhere, which is cool because um, I can tell tell you like if 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 I still. You know, I mean, I'm rooted here now. My kids are in school out here, so I'm not leaving. But like, you know. Once a year, we go back for a couple of weeks over the summer, and yeah. it's just like, uh, it's the best. Well, just as far as being a sports fan, I've been living behind enemy lines. Yeah, like I was in New York City during the whole curse of the, the height of that curse of the Babe fucking Me bullshit. Too. Me and too. then right as I move out to LA, the Celtics Lakers out of nowhere, yeah, heated back up again, and it's just like fuck. It was same. Gonna, same. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. just like Jesus Christ. And then to sit there, like when I go back. Over the summer, and I see people wearing the hometown jerseys. Like I have to remind my, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, oh yeah, yeah, that's so. Like, like everybody, it's okay. everybody agrees with me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, good, good Bill Hunting. Your... It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Yeah, that, you, that you're rooting for these teams. So, um, so tell, talk to me a little yeah. bit more. Like, um, as far as uh, 
like the show, like putting together a band and all of that? Like, do you? I'm do keeping like- it simple. So these are intimate. So I, I, I'm traveling light. It's yeah. it's more acoustic. I got one guy. I so there's different colors. And part of the, doing those shows in L.A. was trying to figure out, am I gonna, you know, like the Carnegie Show was, you know, a nine piece band. It was a big deal. But these are. I want to travel a little lighter. So it's me, yeah. this amazing guy who, who does uh, plays guitar, piano. I'm on the piano. We do acoustic. We do some tracks. It's a little bit of everything. But the idea is I get up there and I connect with the audience in a very intimate setting. No, I and get it. Hopefully sing my ass off. And You're so, going to, dude. You're going to yeah. crush it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's uh, hopefully I'll live like a monk and drink li- liquid death and not. You're gonna we'll, we'll yeah. sh- and we'll shake off this game seven loss. Exactly, slowly but surely. Although this you year stay we off have, our phones. Th- this year we have to say which one the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, at least the uh, I think what you'd be funny if we actually uh, we two game seven losses to the eventual champions because the Panthers. That's one way to go. The Panthers. Are I don't think Miami no, don't. has a chance against Denver. I don't know enough about who. Yeah. I, I, I all I do is fucking bitch well, that, moan and complain about that it. That center MVP Djokovic guy is yeah. I know, right? Unstoppable. I know. I saw somebody the other day was saying like, you know, Steph Curry is a better shooter than Larry Bird, which he is. He's the greatest shooter I've ever yeah. seen. But they're going like, I mean, Jesus Christ, he has like 9,000 more three-pointers. I want to be like, well, first of all, the first couple of years of Larry's career, there, there, wasn't, was no a, there was no three-point line. <laughs> and then it was all about feeding the big guy. It's a different fucking game. Jesus oh, Christ. It is what it is. It is what it, it is. is. It was so, sad. dude, this looks like an amazing tour. And yes, I am going to, I'm going to, you know, you yeah, know, my wife's the biggest fan. Like she, I know. she literally said to me, "Like I can't believe it's been too she long." She acts like she doesn't know you. Listen, the new kids got some dates too. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be in a very successful group, and that's the balance of this thing is trying to weave my solo stuff in between. But we we do have a show at the you know the Yamava. They're like doing the ads. Have you seen them? No. <laughs> you know this Yamava Casino? I'm surprised they they no. they have a call. I'm sure they will. They're, it's a new casino. They have a lot of big acts. There's billboards everywhere. So it's the end of June. So you guys, you guys got to come out once and for I might, all. I'm a while. Wait a second. Wait a second. Where, how far? How far? June is 29th and 30th, and it's like an hour away. It's an hour outside of LA. All right. Yeah. Okay. We'll make it happen. Whether you're there or not, he's gonna be there. How's that? Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about me. Yeah. Although on hyenas, I'm 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 gonna do okay. everything I can to come down. I, I love that. You know why I love that place? That's what the one and only place I ever saw George Carlin. Wow. I saw him in the round. He fucking murdered. It's it's a classic band. You you still have like cover bands playing there and God bless them. I'm sure they're amazing, but you have a great history there at that place. So I was like And they pack them in because oh. it, it when you're on stage there, it doesn't feel nearly as big. I remember yeah. when I sat in the crowd, I, I remember when I was watching Carl, I was like, Oh my god, this place is fucking gigantic. Yeah. And then when I, I, I was opening for the late, great Charlie Murphy, and I was working with Donnell Rollins on this Chappelle show, Rich Bitch Tour, we went and played that place. And um, I remember thinking, like, for some reason when I saw George Carlin, first of all, I couldn't believe I was in the same place yeah. as George Carlin. Yeah. It wasn't like the way it is now, where it was just like famous people were like a million miles away. Yep. And if you could just you know be in the upper deck, and like, I just remember it, it just seemed so much, so much, so much... Uh, um, bigger as a yeah. as an audience member. Yeah, and then I, there's there's something when when you get up there, it's like oddly, it's it's still huge, it's but intimate, it's, very yeah. intimate. Yeah, it is. It's a unique spot. So 
Well, I'm looking um, forward to seeing you there, yeah, and I'm definitely going to catch you guys if okay. I'm in town. Yeah. Um, when you're out there, so it's the uh, what's it? It's just the jo- Solo jo- Joe. Joe we call it. Solo, Solo Joe. Joe. I like that. Yeah. Solo Joe. It's a fan. That's a fan thing. Like our fans, you know what I mean? Have you seen Solo Joe? So I said, yeah, it makes sense. I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm yeah. getting kind of like, uh, you know, when Rod Stewart getting started the doing like, the, no, when he's yeah. doing like the classics and that turned yeah. into this whole, all right, this whole fucking thing. Let's go. Let's go. You remember that when I'm you're selling out the fucking Mirage. <laughs> don't forget me. All right. All right. Joe McIntyre tour dates. We will have it uh, up on the website. You got to go check him out. Uh, I mean, he usually plays arenas. Yeah. With new kids, you Very can actually intimate. come in and uh, see him in this whole stripped down thing. Like, like uh, all, these, all these guys end up doing it. Rod Stewart, Bruce, yeah. you guys all end up doing this shit. And it's fucking it's cool a good as hell. Time. It's a it's great a thing time. for fans, too. Yes. No, you know? It's, it's a you know what I like about this? I, I don't know why I'm pointing at you like I'm being fucking rude. <laughs> what I like about is is if you really couldn't sing and really couldn't play, right. you would be immediately... This is the last place you'd want to be. Exposed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah there's no, up there with you the can't hide. Yeah. No, totally. Mic up here so no one sees that you're lip syncing. Totally. Yeah, totally. this guy is the fucking real deal. Yeah, uh, thanks, it's such a pleasure to have yeah. you on here. Thank I know you, this Bill. tour is going to kill it. This is a great gift to get you lady. That's right. If, if, if the birthday's coming up, oh, fuck, you know yeah. what? My wife's birthday's in a few days. Maybe I'll surprise her with some new kids. I love it. Huh? I love All it. All right. Joe McIntyre, everybody. Thank you guys for watching. Please enjoy the music uh, um, picked out by the newly married, the newlywed, uh, uh, Andrew Themelis. Then we have a bonus episode of Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Have a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going on it's bill burr and it's the monday morning podcast for monday uh june 1st 2015 how's it going everybody how are you how are things that is good um i apologize for uh last thursday's podcast i guess i recorded it in mono which was just on i guess not stereo is what i learned i don't know if i'm doing it again because i don't know how to use my recorder and I am currently not in the United States, so I don't know any nerds um, where I'm at. Where am I at right now, you asked? Oué, Guillaume? I am in uh, Paris, France. Oh, fancy freckles. Over here to get a couple of macaroons there. Steak and palm frites. Bonjour tout le monde. Je m'appelle Guillaume. Vraiment, maintenant. Um, yeah, I'm over here... Uh, I don't know. What the fuck? What else am I going to do? I tell shit jokes in a mall. Government takes all my fucking money. I might as well blow a little on myself. Uh, I'm over here with the lovely Nia. And uh, we actually just got here. And uh, we're going to be here for whatever, seven, ten days. You know what's cool, man? I'm actually going to go to the the Roland Garros, the fucking uh, 
French Open on the clay. Going to go to the uh, going to go to a game at some point. Going to go over there, scalp some tickets. That's going to be fun, right? Talking to some fucking French scalper with this goddamn beret and his striped shirt. You really wish they'd look like that, but they don't. So uh, we just got here to the city um, about maybe forty minutes ago. Had a decent flight coming over here. It was a little delayed, but uh, this guy in front of us, oh, my God. You guys think I'm an asshole? I know you do. I know you do. I know you think I give Nia a ton of shit. This fucking guy was just one of the most horrible human beings. It was the weirdest thing. Like, he was walking around, like, talking to everybody. Just one of those older guys that just talks all the time. First of all, when he sat down, he's got one of those uh, I lived a good life guts or one of those bodies, you know, where your legs and arms are the exact same size, like super skinny, and then he's just got this belly. Um, and he, and one of those people that starts to sit down, and then the weight of the decisions that they've put down their mouth just takes over, and then they just give up. They don't use any leg muscles. They just collapse into the seat, and that's what he would do every time. He would he'd go down about a third of the way and then just free fall into his chair and then at the top of his lungs would go, ah, when he sat down, <laughs> which to me was funny. That was just like, this is an old guy. He doesn't give a fuck. He's probably going to have a couple of something, you know, a couple of sarsaparillas on the flight. But, dude, he was so fucking rude and mean to his wife. He was nasty. He kept telling her to shut up. Like, I tell him he had to shut up, and I'm joking around. This guy was serious. In one part, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, where are my books? And I heard her mumble something. I guess she said, what? And he just goes, my books, like yelled at her. And then everybody else he'd walk up to be like, oh, I used to work for this place. And <laughs> we had a great time there. Gee, you're cute as a button. Fucking weird as shit. So, um, so we're sitting there and we're reading, right? Fromage, whatever the fuck they're giving us. Uh, I love how that's, a, that, that's their idea of a dessert cheese the fuck is wrong with you put it on a burger take this back and go put it on a burger right um and then they have like a date and that's supposed to be like your sugar god knows you know that's probably the right way to eat who knows they're all fucking skinny over here but they smoke like a goddamn chimney so i I always think that that's why they're so skinny so anyways um i'm trying to watch a couple of movies but my movie thing every time i go to watch it i'll get a half hour in and then the dialogue gets like the audio gets like five minutes behind the movie which i guess i deserve that was my punishment for doing my last fucking podcast in mono right let me make sure this thing is even recording here okay so um i started watching uh capote with the late great philip seymour hoffman that guy was fucking unbelievable I was enjoying the hell out of the movie. First of all, because I saw In Cold Blood a long time ago with Robert Blake and somebody else. One of the most amazingly shot movies. Um, well, I guess Truman Capote wrote the book. God knows I don't read. so. Um, but I knew a little bit of the backstory. And I was really into it. And all of a sudden, the audio was like five minutes behind. Um, so then I put on American Sniper. And... Um, I was really enjoying that. Bradley Cooper was great. He was picking everybody off. I liked how they, they had the uh, soldiers seem to be talking the way they would talk, the way they would talk, you know. It's a bunch of savages over here and animals, just the way you dehumanize the enemy and all that type of shit. I was enjoying the hell out of it, you know. And I also, I really 
respect. I was almost going to say archery. What do you call it? Not, that's with the bow and arrow. What, what's when you're good with the pistol and the rifle? What are you, a sharpshooter? I just really respect. I really respect anybody that is a master of anything, and uh, and weaponry. I think it's just a really cool thing. You know what I mean? Being a fucking sniper is badass. It's fucking nice throat shot. Just taking people out, controlling your breathing and all of that. I was really getting into it, really enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, like the most, you know, they're going after this butcher guy. And when it was getting really fucking good, the audio kicked out again. And uh, so I was like, all right, fuck this, whatever. I'm going to go to sleep. So I I start, I'm in the middle of sleeping. And I, I hear this glass hit the floor or something. And the guy... It spilled his water, the nasty guy up front in the row in front of us, or he had spilled, uh, his wife had spilled the water. He was, he just started screaming at the top of his fucking lungs. It wasn't like every word. He would just like, you know, like the way he went, my box, he would go like that. He would just be like, oh, now it's all what? He just went, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to fucking kill this guy. It's just, I, he was he was yelling like he was walking around in his underwear in his own fucking house and nobody would say anything to the guy, including me. I wanted to stand up and be like, dude, will you stop fucking yelling at your wife, you old cunt? There's other people on the plane. You nasty God, he was fucking nasty. Mean son of a bitch. Then he goes to get off the plane, he's walking way out in front of his wife and that type of shit. Just like just a fucking asshole. Complete asshole. Other than that. Other than that, it was a uh, a nice flight over here. So, you know, Nia picked out this little apartment. Little is the key fucking word. Jesus Christ. This fucking thing. Napoleon banged somebody in this. Hey, I'm telling you, it's small. You know what I mean? No, seriously, it's fucking old as hell. And uh, so everything in here is like, I guess whoever owns this, you know, they rent them out. So everything is antique. He goes, these are real antiques. So... He's like, these are very, very uh, delicate, so you, you sit down, like, easy, easy, easy. Uh, the table, you you set the bowl down easy. Everything's like, it's like, dude, what the fuck? What kind of fucking apartment is this? I can't sit down? He said, you know what's funny, too, because it's English, you know. He said the last person who stayed here was very strong, and they kind of weakened the chair. And I wanted to be like, you mean fat? <laughs> But he was a cool guy, man. He's explaining everything. He's like, you use the, uh, uh, the stove, and here's the day, and he would go, da, da, da. That's a yada, yada, yada over here. Da, da, da. And so anyway, so we're fucking over here, and I'm psyched. Um, my whole thing, it's my wife's birthday in a couple of days, so that's why I brought her over here. And, uh, that, you know, when you're as big an asshole as me, you need to do shit like that. That that'll that'll that shuts them up for a good ah two to three days, you know. When you get back, you got a good two to three days where they're like, you know, he took me to Paris. I'm gonna I'll I'll back off, you know, trying to change him or bitching about shit, and um, you know, and then it's then it's all back to normal. And it doesn't mean shit to him other than unless you bring it up, which you have to do. You got to be like, I just took you to Paris, really. Three days later, you're still bitching about it. You know, you got. I'm telling you, like you ever see like a boxing match where there's a, a bigger guy, he just sticks his mitt right in, right in the other dude's face. That's what you got to do. You just got to keep that mitt right in their face. You know. 
So anyways, why would I do that? It's such a nice city, and I got to take it to that fucking level. I'm really laying in this this fucking bed, this Ikea bed, next to something that uh, Louis the Fourteenth probably fucking, I don't know, banged some whore on. And uh, they got a, uh, I'm looking out here, the rooftops. We got a five-floor walk-up. Each floor, the, the fucking stairs get more, like, angled. Like, you'd have to have, like, 20 beers in you for these stairs to look straight. Like, like a lot of these buildings over here are super, super, super fucking old. And they don't do anything to update them. They keep them all original. So uh, they've settled for, like, three centuries. So it's really weird. But I'm up here on the fifth floor, and I'm looking out the window here. And all I see is, like, TV antennas. It's reminded me of that Flintstone episode when him and Barney were going to get in trouble and they were driving down the street and he was last on all the, the wooden TV antennas, by the way, um, off of the rooftops. So anyways, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm babbling here this week. I'm on vacation and um, I had an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable month. I'm still riding high on the whole, uh, all those shows I did in Boston. So, so here's the deal. You know, I'm going to spend like 10 days here in France and then right, I'm going to be home for like three, four days. And then I start another tour of the West Coast and that ends up in Vegas and then Tucson. So I'm like, well, there goes my entire June. So I've been doing the helicopter lessons and I was done. I basically been done with ground school um, since like February. But I worked a lot in March and April, and I was studying for the written part of it. So when I did the Southern tour, I really, you know, that whole month I was studying for the, the multiple choice part, I should say, test that you had to fucking take. And uh, as I told you guys, I passed that. And then I had, you know, I was looking at my schedule. I had that run in Boston, and then my June was fucked. And, uh, you know, flying a helicopter is like anything else. It's like going to the gym. You don't go for fucking two months. You're going to come back sucking wind. So it's like, dude, I got to fucking put this thing to bed. So I was just talking to my instructor. I was like, dude, I got to take the fucking check ride this month. I got to do it. He was like, I like it. I like it. I like having a plan. Let's do it. So I just studied my fucking balls off this whole month while doing shows. I would literally be in the green room, like reading on fucking airspace and wind correction angles and all of that shit. So long story short, um, my check ride was on Saturday and your check ride is where you sit down with the FAA guy for like an hour, an hour and a half. And depending on how you're answering the questions depends on how long it is. If you fucking crushing it, it's, uh, you know, it can be short as a half hour. If it's a little bit longer, you know, if you're, if you're not quite getting them, they'll, they'll talk to you more. And then if you pass that, then you go out and fly. And it's all these different maneuvers. And um, and then if you, there's this weird thing where you're, you're either a fail or you passed a bunch of things and you just failed like one thing. Like if you failed your steep approach or your hover auto or something like that, you could pass everything else. And then when you retook it, you just have to do that one maneuver and show that you could do it. So um, we're coming right up on it. And they end up looking at my logbook and they realized that I was short on my solo time and I was short on my, uh, on my fucking, um, night flying. So I had to go down there Friday. I was taking it Saturday morning at 9am. So Friday night I go down there all right around four and I just flew around the traffic pattern. 
I needed a uh, one point. Uh, I needed a one point four. And I was flying around, flying around. I'll tell you one time I scared the shit out of myself. I was gripping the throttle too much. And I started my descent and the low RPM horn came on. And basically, if that drops below 80%, you just fall out of the sky. So when that fucking thing comes on, like you just slam the collective down. And I couldn't figure out why it was doing that uh, for like this split second. And I realized I had a death grip. Not really death grip. I just had it too fucking tight. And I just let go and the RPMs came back up. But, you know, I, I could have just rolled the RPMs on. and could have put it down. But... You know, this is the first time I've been alone in the helicopter and the low RPM horn came on. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I brought it in for a landing and just kind of sat there on the pad for a second going like, all right, fuckhead, don't grab on. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable experience. I can't explain it when something like that happens. Uh, It's like the adrenaline rush and you're slightly nauseous and then you plow through it and you feel fucking awesome about yourself. Um, So anyways... So I did all of that, and then we did, uh, I got my points, I needed point seven. So I had a total of 10 hours. I had my 10 hours of uh, solo time, and then I forget what how many hours I needed of night flight, but I was like point seven short, which is, uh, I don't know, what is that, seven times? It's like about 40 minutes. Um, it, it, t- it means basically an hour, I believe, on the Hobbs meter, every one is six minutes. There's 10, 10 times six is 60 minutes. I think that's, I believe that's how it goes. So anyways, I'm, uh, you know, flying around with my instructor and he's taking me through the paces and he's really, really a stickler. Um, and just gets on you about everything. And I'm old enough to, to not be frustrated by it. Cause I'm like, I know this guy is being as hard as the F probably being harder than the FAA guy's going to be on me, which is going to help, um, come game time. And, um, so anyways, we did like, you know, auto rotations at night, you know, which is fucked because you can't see where you're going to land until you get down there. And the auto rotation is basically if you had a drive system or a f- engine failure, you use the weight of the ship, um, to basically, and, and, and the glide, Jesus Christ, can't even explain it here. You want to basically establish a 65 knot, uh, attitude and the weight of the ship the air rather than being pulled down into the main rotor is now rushing up through it and that's what's turning it and you just keep it you know you want to keep it in the green um and you can just you can just bring the thing down and just like set it down on a fucking picnic table when you get good at the shit i can't do that yet so we're doing it at night i'm fucking them up and everything i'm going fuck i'm gonna flunk this thing and my instructor's going don't psych yourself out blah 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 so anyways I know I'm taking, dragging this out. So anyways, long story short, Saturday morning, I'm going to take it. I wake up at like fucking 3.30 in the morning. I went back asleep, woke up at 5, and then I just, you know, I went over everything one more time. And then I, I went in there, and uh, I sat down with the guy, and I was just like, ah, fuck, here we go, here we go. I don't want to flunk this fucking thing and then go to Paris and ruin the first fucking day of the vacation, moping around, ruin it for my wife, you know? So I sat down, and uh, I had a really, really cool FAA dude. And, uh, you know, we went through the whole thing. And, you know, I was getting a lot of questions, but I, I got I felt like I got a lot wrong, too, but I got a lot right. And, uh, and then he finally, and I saw he was getting towards the end of it, and I was just going, I, just, I was going, oh, my God, he's going to tell me I got to fucking take this over. 
and uh, which is embarrassing because your instructors are there at the school. You're going to come walking out like I failed. And um, we finished. And he goes, all right. He goes, that was adequate. Let's go fly. And I was thinking, I thought that was horrific. All right. So we go out there. And I'm thinking like, all right. Now I'm two-thirds of the fucking way there. So now we're walking out there. We're doing the pre-flight. And uh, I was just thinking of something my instructor said was just like, just, you know, slow, controlled movements. And I just made that like my my mission statement that I was going to fly controlled smoothly and as much as I can just to demonstrate that I had control of the aircraft. And uh, so we go up, right? And uh, we start, and of course, it's fucking hazy as shit. It's the most hazy goddamn fucking day I've ever flown in. I mean, I couldn't believe it was still like visual flight rules. Like that's how fucking hazy it was. So the first thing we're doing was we're flying up to this place, Rose Hills, to do these uh, pinnacle landings, which is uh, basically if you're, it's like you remember in MASH when they were flying around the Hollywood Hills and they'd find a patch of dirt to land on. That's what you got to do. So you got to do your high reconnaissance first and you got to be talking out loud going, all right, it looks like it's hard packed dirt sloping down like four degrees. I got trees on this side. The wind's coming from here. Sun is not going to be a factor. You got to be saying all of that shit while you're maintaining your fucking altitude, which is, you know, not going up and down and that type of shit, which is, you know, it's not easy when you start out. So we started heading up there and I lucked out. It was so fucking hazy. We ended up, you know, he goes, turn around, take me to Compton. Compton has an uncontrolled airport. So I turned back around. I'm making my calls and, uh, on the radio. And I think I'm doing all right. And I'm thinking like, I've never gone to Compton this way. And I know basically where it is. I fly out of Long Beach, so I know how to get it, where I fly, you know, West Wardlow departure, and you follow this road, and you get to these oil tanks, and you bang a right, except we're north of that shit. So all I'm doing is I'm looking for the fucking courthouse, so I'm trying to stay cool, and I'm like, if I can't find this thing, I'm going to flunk this fucking thing. And we're coming through the haze, and all of a sudden, I just see it sitting right over there. And um, we did a couple of maneuvers. There at one point I was so nervous I forgot to do a clearing turn and he was all right with that. Um, I did a running landing. Um, that one went great. Running landing was basically if you were coming in, if you were at high density altitude, which means the air is really thin, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to hold a hover. So if you actually came in how you know, your normal approach, if you went to try to hold a hover, you just basically you'd crash. Um, so what you do is a running landing, which is you basically come in like an airplane does. It's actually one of my favorite things to do, maneuvers. And you, you put it down on the skids and you fucking slide. And you're brad gradually bringing the collective down, which is the thing that looks like the emergency brake. That's your power. You know, you're just gradually bringing it down, creating more and more friction as you stop. And then you're steering, you know, the nose with your feet. And uh, I did well on that. And... Um, I thought I did anyways. He's not saying shit. So he told me, he goes, if I'm not saying anything, you know, that doesn't mean you're not doing well, you know, that, that you're doing fine. And if you see me writing down, that doesn't, you know, I could be taking a lunch order. He was real cool, really put me at ease. So then I did, 
a normal approach, and then I did a steep approach. Then we did the landing off airport shit, and then we did a hover auto. And the hover auto is basically if you were in a hover, like eight feet off the ground or so, and um, all of a sudden your engine or your, your drive train system quit, um, if your engine quits, it's going to kick it. The, the nose is going to kick to the left, and then you go right pedal. It's pedal, settle, cushion is what you're supposed to think, right? And he, we had just done the, 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 which is basically you go right pedal to get your nose straight, and then you settle. You're dropping, and right before you hit the ground, you pull the, the collective up, and that cushions your landing. So the fucking, he does it, and I'm thinking pedal, settle, cushion, and, and he does it, and the low RPM horn comes on, and I'm trained like a lab rap to slam the collective down. So I put the collective down, and I was like, no, 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 up, up, up. And we landed hard, and then he just goes, now, why would you do that? Why would you do it? I was like, sorry, man. I go, I go, I was nervous, man. Let me just, you can ask him. Like, let me, let me try that again. He goes, all right, do it again. And then I nailed it the second time. But then I was thinking, like, I just fucking flunked it. I just flunked it. And I, I, the way he said, now, why would you do that? I felt like I was going to pass you, and now I can't. So um, so then we got to do the last thing, the auto rotation. So we fly around, we come in, and he counts it down, three, two, one. We do it. And uh, for a, a lot of the time, the fucking low RPM horn was on, but I kept it. But I wasn't losing. It, it was just underneath 97% or whatever, 101%. And then I get it back up in, and then I come back down or whatever, and I... I but I guess it was good enough or whatever. So he goes, all right, let's, but I, was, I didn't know. So he goes, all right, let's go back to Long Beach. So I'm thinking like, uh, fuck, I just flunked it. Is it over? I don't know what's going on. So we're flying back and I'm talking to the guy and he's like a test pilot for these things. And he's telling me all, all these cool stories and shit. And uh, at that point we flew over to Torrance. We'd already in Torrance where I did the other half of that shit. So I was just thinking to myself on the way over there, I was like, you know what? Even if I flunk this fucking thing, how cool is it that I, I'm 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 doing a check ride in a fucking helicopter right now? If you told me this a year and a half ago, I, I wouldn't believe it, right? So fuck it. Just keep yourself in that mindset. So we ended up we go back to the uh, to Long Beach, land over at Aeroplex, set it down. Fuck it, set it down real nice, and he's not saying anything. And I'm like. I'm not going to ask him. And then I'm thinking, well, ask him. It's not going to change either way, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm taking everything out, and I left the key in the ignition. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because he pointed. He goes, you left your key there. I was like, oh, God. Is that the tipping point? What's going on? So, you know, put the wheels on it. We wheel the thing back. And then right as we start walking back in, he said, all right, you passed. And I, I couldn't fucking believe it. I couldn't believe it. Um, so there you go. That was my uh, that was my Saturday morning. Uh, old Freckles is officially a licensed pilot, and I am uh, I am licensed to fly helicopters up to uh, twelve thousand five hundred pounds. <laughs> How fucking cool is that, huh? So, anyways. Um, Tonight, I know what you're thinking. So what do you do, Bill? Are you going to go fly around? It's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to go take the advanced auto rotation class because um, I don't think my reaction time, I didn't like it with the low RPM horn. 
I didn't think it was quick enough, and I want to get like you take that one like the low RPM that I have to do now to pass my test. I just had to take it down to the flare, which is basically you know forty feet off the ground, gentle aft cyclic, and you're basically killing your airspeed and your descent, and you basically stop in the air, and then that's when we roll back on the throttle and we fly away. The advanced, you got to take it all the way to the ground, so then you actually come in lower, and then as you drop. Uh, down, then you just like the hover auto, you pull the fucking collective to cushion it. And I've watched these guys do it; they're fucking amazing at it. And it's like I want to be able to do that. I, if I can, if I can fucking do that, then I'll start flying around the LA basin. So, um, <clears throat> for those of you thinking like Bill, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm taking it really seriously, and uh, so I'm going to pass that class and get 200 hours under my belt before I ever take anybody up. I know, but um, I still can't fucking believe it. I can't fucking believe it. And that great thing now is that fucking goddamn weight is off of my chest. I passed it. And my instructor told me, he goes, this is the biggest hill to climb as far as like just getting your license, getting through, just starting from fucking zero and getting all the way up there. But uh, I don't know, getting instrument rated sounds like it's a motherfucker too. It's like 40 fucking hours of that shit. I don't know about that one. So anyways, I hope I didn't bore you with that. Um... Let me, uh, I got to read some of the, uh, the advertising here. Um, oh dude, I'm so fucking relieved that I passed. Thank fucking God. Thank God. If I didn't pass that thing, then I'd have all of June to be sitting there thinking about it and trying to cram in lessons. Thank God. All right. How many more of these fucking things are there? There's two more. All right. We'll do two and two. How about that? All right. So anyways, I was reading another fucking thing. You know, I talked how the baby seals are washing up on the um, the shores of the West Coast because the oceans are fished out. Now, on the East Coast of the United States, you got fucking a bunch of turtles are just dying off because there's something like there's too much... Because the temperature went up, there's too much algae in the water, which creates something and which just gets into the fucking turtle shells... It gets them infected and it actually paralyzes them and they just drown and they fucking die. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, I think I finally figured out why they never addressed the population problem. And it's basically because the upper 1% does not view it as a problem. They view it as an opportunity to make more money. You know what I mean? To hoard water and do all of that shit. I was watching this thing on the plane about cities of the future that they're making. I mean, it's apt. Like the whole fucking thing is total big brother. They're saying everybody is going to start migrating towards the cities. And you have like fucking eight zillion people living in the city. Who's going to live out in the country? You know, those fat cat rich people. And you know what eventually is going to come? It's going to happen that it's going to be illegal for a regular person to fucking go out into the country. You're going to be shot on sight. Um, it's insane. What they, if they really wanted to be responsible, what they would be doing would be encouraging people to have less children. Let's level off at 7 billion people and let's try to dial it back. You know, dial it down. Everybody has one fucking kid. And then the people who don't have kids or people who die or people who can't have kids or gay people, right? You know, it'll actually cut off more than a half the way I look at it, right? 
with one gen- a generation could cut itself in half, and then the next generation cuts itself in half, and the next one cuts itself in half, right? And then after, you know, the older generations that had three or four, they all die off. If you have like a string of four generations that all had one kid, you can go from seven billion all the way down to three and a half million. I think my math is correct on that. I don't fucking know. Um, but they don't bring it up. They don't. They just fucking figure out new ways to corral people and we're going to be eating powdered food. It's, it's fucking, it's terrible, man. I, 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 don't, I don't have anything fucking funny to say about it. Let's, let's, let's go to something funny. Let's talk about soccer. Speaking of billions of goddamn people. All right. Everybody in America doesn't give a fuck about soccer. You know what's funny? Because that FIFA or FIFA, whatever the fuck they're called, the FIFA, the, 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 the ruling governing body of world soccer, World Cup soccer. I, I don't even know what they are. I'm American. I don't give a shit. Right. I really don't. I've finally given up on that sport. I sat down. I tried to fucking watch it. It's so fucking boring. And the crying and laying. I know I've said this a zillion times. I can't like if I'm in England or something like that, if there's a Premier League game and I go there, I go to the game and I'm sucking down some beers. Then, then I could get into it. They're singing songs and shit. And I just I don't know, whatever. It's like you're in a pub with no seats. Right. That's basically what's happening. Well, they are, but you never sit down. in it. So anyways, um, they're in they're in trouble. Uh, first of all, this is how big soccer is, by the way. Football. Let me have some respect here. Call it by its real name. Football. All right, for all the uh, you all the fellow Americans that listen to this shit, this is how big uh, World Cup soccer is. They had some big championship match recently that wasn't the World Cup, or maybe it was the World Cup. Let's just say it was the World Cup. The worldwide viewing viewership was three point five billion. It was like half the planet. They got a fifty share on the planet. All right, and they—I was listening to the, something on NPR. Like to put that into perspective, the Super Bowl had 150 million viewers. So if you're looking at it like a TV show, the Super Bowl would get canceled. It'd be an absolute fucking flop. So that's how big this sport is, and that's how big that fucking league is. So, surprise, surprise. There's a lot of people jockeying to get the championship game in their country. There's a lot of people jockeying to get the fucking TV rights. So there's a lot of payola. There's a lot of kickbacks. There's a lot of coke. There's a lot of horse. Surprise, surprise. So here's the funniest fucking thing, is they're being prosecuted. Some of them, like nine of them got busted, and one one network executive has taken off the fall for an entire fucking, uh, entire fucking uh, uh, network. Just hilarious to me. I'd love to see what his payoff is after he goes to that fucking, you know, white collar jail. It's probably at the same place where they play Wimbledon, right? And uh, the the United States Department of Justice is the one pressing charges. And I'm thinking, like, what in the fuck? How are we involved in this shit? We don't even like the game. This is just going to be another reason for people to fucking hate us. But I guess they did all their shit with American banks. So it fell under our jurisdiction. So not only do we not give a fuck about the game, we're now going to sit there and break their fucking balls about corruption. You know what I mean? Because we don't tolerate corruption here in the United States. Uh-uh. Everything's above board over here. Hang on. I got to blow my nose. I apologize. Yeah, the stupidest shit ever. 
Like, there's, there's a fucking zillion dollars at stake. Obviously, there's going to be whores. There's going to be drugs. There's going to be a lot of underhanded shit going on, but nobody got killed, right? The only thing that really I thought was fucked up was they, they've been accused of, fi- of fixing a couple of games. I thought that that was fucked up. Although, if it's done on a worldwide level, you know, you do it in some shit bum country, you know, and I know you're not supposed to say that, but the fact that I haven't named a shit bum country, can't we all agree that there are shit bum countries? You know what I mean? Because for all you know, I'm not talking about York. There's just, there's just like, you know what I mean? There's, there's nice cars and there's cars that's just like, this really isn't a car. This is a shit box. This was not done correctly. You know what I mean? The physics of it is still fucking working. Look, I'm not saying the trees aren't beautiful. I'm not saying the people aren't beautiful. I'm just saying the way the whole fucking thing's set up or if it's being crushed by uh, more powerful nations, I'll, you know, I'll give you a pass. Shit, I fucked up a hover auto. That guy gave me a pass. I can't give your country a pass. You know what the fuck I'm saying. There's two shitty-ass fucking teams playing each other. You know what I mean? To make it interest, interesting, Let's let's fix the game. I don't fucking know. I'm just embarrassed that we're involved in it. And I also think it's fucking hilarious. Huh? The rest of the world, you bunch of scumbags. Can't even run a fucking legitimate league like we do here in the United States. The National Football League. There's there's an upstanding... (laughs) That's an upstanding league. It's all fucking corrupt. It's all corrupt. We take money from fucking cancer to buy yachts and act like we're fucking helping out people who are sick. You know, those fucking cunts over well, over here in France, what do they do, right? The whole fucking bike thing is is is, is uh, filthy from top to bottom. Lance Armstrong figures it out, goes, all right, that's how the game's played. I'm going to play it better than anybody else. Those fucking assholes, they couldn't catch him. They had to wait to 10 years later where they froze his fucking urine or some shit because they finally had a test advanced enough to catch the guy. I actually feel like the statute of limitations sort of run out on that. Um I don't mind corruption in sports unless you're, you're like fixing the game. You know what I mean? If you're actually fixing the outcome of the game, then that bugs me. But as far as like performance enhancing drugs and like cycling, I don't give a shit. All right. These people are riding a bicycle 60 miles an hour up and down a fucking mountain. They're obviously on something and everybody's on something. All right. They're all on something. At that point, it becomes fair. I think, and I say, let them do the drugs. Let them do the drugs. Let's see the side effects. Let's adjust them. And then once it's all safe, give it to me. Give it to a guy like me. Right? I'm turning 47 in a few weeks. I'd love to get the spring in my step back. You know? Wish it was a steroids for your hair. Wouldn't that be amazing? If you had like, like fucking Mark McGuire, like his forearms, you had that level hair. Every once in a while, I see a guy like that, like my age with hair like that. It's just like, ah, dude, you got no fucking idea how fucking lucky you are, you motherfucker. Um, all right, let me read some uh, some of the questions here for this week. Um, we're up to 41 minutes here. All right. Sinatra comparison. Hey, Billy Big Leagues. Uh-uh, this week on Billy Checkride. Oh, Billy Big Day. Uh, I recall a few months back, you mentioned Frank Sinatra at the end of his career. Well, driving down Highway 80, I saw a billboard for the Silver Legacy Casino in Reno uh, with you and Frank Sinatra Jr. sharing the same weekend as well as the same billboard. Oh, man, I'd love to meet the guy. 
Maybe this will drive you further to become that slumlord you've always dreamed about being. After you retire from com- after you retire from comedy, I'll try to take a picture of it uh, the next time I pass it. Can't wait to see you in Sacramento. Thanks and go fuck yourself. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, I told you guys that story. Like uh, the way Sinatra retired the right way the first time, and whatever that line he had that ended that song. He was standing in the spotlight. It was something like, excuse me while I, something, step aside or something. And he just steps out of the light and that was it. And he was gone. And it's like, that's the way you fucking do it. But he kept coming back and it's just, you know. And that was Sinatra. Sinatra had to make a comeback. So I understand how this fucking, this business works. Like how quickly they, they forget about you and all that type of shit. So uh, having said all that, I would love to meet Frank Sinatra Jr., I wonder if I can do that when I'm out there. Well, I t- you know what? Actually, in Reno has my, one of my favorite stores in uh, in uh, in the country. It's Bizarre Guitar and Gun Shop. I told you about this. Same guy owns it. It's a strip mall. Two stores. One side is this sick-ass place with all these guns. Every gun you've seen from every fucking Stallone movie back in the day. Awesome guns. And then the other one is guitars. And you walk in the guitar place. It looks like a normal place, but downstairs is where he has his real collection, this giant fucking safe. He has, like, the third Fender guitar ever made. Just, in like, there was, like, I don't know, there was, like, millions and millions of dollars worth of vintage guitars downstairs. So um, I'm a big fan of Reno. I am a big fan of Reno. I actually like it better than Vegas. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why. I'm just one of those fucking people. I like the, uh, I like those kinds of cities better. You know, the ones that are still trying instead of the ones that are like, yeah, we're the shit. Everything's a fuck over. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? It's uh, hilarious to say. I like those kinds of things as I'm sitting here in Paris. All right. Periscope. Hey, dear Billy Gates. Um, I'm sure it's fucking annoying having people stick their phone in your face for the people watching on Periscope. That being said, I think you would kill it on there. Just once or twice a week, you should go on and rev your truck engine while hollering in your southern accent. Or pester the shit out of Mia. It's Nia with an N, people. N. The lovely Nia. Um, N. Like Axl Rose. Sha-na-na-na-na-na. Knees. Knees. Um, <laughs> uh, pester the shit out of Nia while she's trying to read a book. Uh, love the podcast. Now, I, Periscope. This is why I don't like Periscope. Periscope is like so... like. People just walk in, like comics are doing that now. They just walk in with it on. Like, hey, walking backstage at the comedy store. It's like, dude, shut that fucking thing off. It's like, if you want to turn your life into a TV show, you know, more power to you. But like, you know, everybody's chilling out here. It's like when I do this podcast, I I decide what the fuck I'm going to tell you about and what I'm not going to tell you about. And uh, what I'm going to leave and what I'm going to take out. In case you didn't understand what I just said previously. I literally just said the same thing two times in a row. Whatever. I don't have my headphones on. My headphones are like my fucking lightsaber. It's my security blanket. I don't have them on. I'm feeling naked, okay? I'm feeling very fragile. Um, <clears throat> for someone else to just come walking in, it's, it's fucking annoying as shit. And um, <clears throat> I advocate the... Uh, we got to come up with something for people who don't like Periscope. I don't know what to call it, but here's a working title. The Periscope Slap which is basically somebody comes in 
and with their phone and they're holding it up to their face, you just fucking slap it right down to the floor, right? And then you do Bruce Lee's finishing move when he kills him, which is a stomp and then a twist. And you got to do the when you do it. It'd be perfect. And then somebody else films that, right? No, don't film it because then they'll have evidence. Um, you should do I'm just, you know what I mean? You, or you walk around with a water bottle. Yeah, you know, like you do for like a fucking cat that won't get off the couch. And when somebody comes in just doing Periscope without asking you, you just fucking, you spray, you just spray the water in, ruin their phone. Something like that. I advocate. I mean, last week I advocated killing your boss. I actually felt bad about that because I just thought about like, what, what if somebody actually went out and did it? The world is so fucked up. I could actually get sued and be like, you know, it was irresponsible, but blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, you don't think that that person's a maniac? listens to a podcast like hey go commit a murder and then they go okay okay you told me to do it you owe me money um yeah don't kill your boss but uh i advocate slap slapping the fucking phone out of somebody's hand slap it right down to the ground stomp on it twist it knowing full well that you have to pay for it but you just you're preserving your privacy there's got to be a politically correct way to say it you're a uh you're a privacy warrior. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, fuck you. You come up with a goddamn name for it. Um, all right. You know, it's funny. It's my wife's birthday. To, uh, tomorrow is her birthday. And uh, she's a fucking smarty pants. And she always figures out what the fuck I get her. And this, this year, I totally threw her off. Totally fucking threw her off. She's got no fucking clue where I'm going to take her. What I'm going to do. Well, she knows it's somewhere in Paris, but she has no idea. And right now, this might be a lie. This might be a lie, just in case one of you cunts decides to tweet, oh, Bill's going to do something fucking blah, 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 blah to her. You don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. All right? I can tell you right now, I only have 50% of an idea what the fuck I'm going to do. All right? So don't even try to figure it out. All right? It's fucking useless. It's a, it's a waste of your time. Uh, favorite music video? downtown billy brown nice fucking reference i absolutely fucking loved downtown judy brown i had the biggest fucking crush on her when i first moved to new york um in like 95 96 i went to some benefit thing this hoity-toity thing where my manager at the time knew a bigger manager who was managing a big comic and we got the tag along and i went there and she was standing just hanging out at the thing she was fucking gorgeous. Fucking gorgeous. All right. Too early to get into comedy. No such thing, sir. Dear Bill, I'm 17 and just did my first open mic at a coffee shop. I got a few laughs and a few awkward silences, silences but overall, uh, I enjoyed it. I really want to go to a comedy club soon so I don't have to be so selective about my words. Any advice to someone this young looking to get into this? P.S. I know bombing is part of the process. Problem is, I have paper-thin skin. Does your hide thicken up after a while of bombing? All right, two things. Any advice on somebody uh, looking to get into this? Dude, you're already into it. It's like you just shot heroin, and now you're asking me about heroin. Like You already did it. Now you're hooked, and you already want to go down to a comedy club. Uh, you started at 17. That's not too early. That's fucking great. And don't listen to the fucking older people who are jealous. They'll be like, dude, you're 17. You, you got nothing to talk about. You got nothing to talk about. And then watch them go on stage and see what the fuck they're talking about. Huh? Doing shit jokes. 
Wait, am I talking about myself? <laughs> Don't listen to them. All right? This is the deal. You're young, and there's going to be a lot of people fucking jealous. Okay? And then there's if you're a guy, there's going to be a couple of old fucking lady comics that are going to try to bang you. Stay away from them. If you're a female, um, you know, just stay away from anybody who tells jokes. Because they're all going to try to bang you. Um, so fucking, it's a job. Go down there and get better at it. Surround yourself with positive, motivated people that you feel are going to make it. And they're not doing this, just fucking around. And you guys will all feed off of each other's drive. Um, that's what happened to me in Boston when I started. I started with Dane and Patrice O'Neill, rest his soul. And we were down at Nick's Comedy Stop, down on Warrington Street in Boston. We were down there every fucking night, unless we had a gig elsewhere. And even then, a lot of times, we would drive back in there. We were there every fucking night. And um, I remember one of the great compliments I got when I first started out. This guy came walking in, and I was, like, and I was already there, you know, writing down my jokes. And he looked at me and said, dude, you are everywhere. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, I am. So that's what you got to be, dude. And you can't just do like club, comedy clubs. You got to do stand-up anywhere you can. And as far as bombing, yes, it is part of the pro process. Every, you know, I had a paper-thin skin. I was shy. I was introverted. I had all of that. And it just was fucking all when you were bombing. It was just, ugh, just sucks. It just sucks in the beginning. But, um the same way you learn how to kill, you're going to learn how to bomb and you're going to learn how to, how to, um, like have, hold your, uh, hold your ground and you'll have, you'll have poise while, uh, bombing. And then when you get to a really high level of bombing is you'll, uh, you'll be, begin to understand if you're bombing, because if it's your fault, if it's the crowd's fault, if it's the setup, if it's half the crowd, half you, if it's 60% you, and that, that to me <clears throat> is the best thing. When If you figure out it's you, then you just start making fun of yourself. If you figure out it's them, you, you start giving them shit and they loosen up a little bit. Um, if it's a little bit in the middle, you sort of make fun of yourself while you're ribbing them. You'll figure out the whole recipe to the thing. But, um, you know, uh, I think it's great you start. And it takes a lot of balls, 17, to start out. So uh, my, my fucking uh, my hat is off to you. All right. Helicopter loser. Hi, Bill. And in quotes, it said, oh, my God, I'm a loser. I'll never own a helicopter. I'm a disgrace. And they said that's from Bill Burr, emotionally unavailable. That's quoting one of my jokes. It said, do you remember saying this during the MTV Cribs bit? Uh, feel like you made it now, big shot. Helicopter guy, go fuck yourself. But seriously, well done on the helicopter driving thank you um oh yeah i remember that bit i didn't know that i said helicopter but i remember uh talking about how mtv cribs how you would watch that show and you just end up feeling like a fucking loser because it was all like these you know am i really gonna say britney spears twice in this fucking podcast yes it is 2015 um all, all, all those fucking people's houses back then cisco's house the one hit wonders too they all had Bentley's and all of this shit, and they made you feel like a loser. Here's a fucking inside joke, uh, inside story on on that. All right, when I did that bit, uh, 
Um, one night I did it at the Comedy Cellar, and the late, great Greg Giraldo, rest his soul, he came up to me after I did the bit. He goes, dude, he goes, just to let you know, I have a bit on MTV Cribs, and it's almost word for word the exact same bit. It's the exact same angle. And both of us were just in a part of our career where we were writing our hours, and we, I didn't have anything else. And I was just like, ah, oh, man, he's... It's like neither one of us wanted to drop. You have to have the conversation. Usually someone's like, I'll drop it. No, you do it. No, nah, no, nah, you, you know. And I've usually been the one that I was always like, I'll drop it. I'll drop it because I didn't want any of my shit, you know, somebody else seeing somebody else doing it and then thinking I'm stealing. So we both just sat there going like stare at the floor. And then we both just started laughing going like, all right, we'll only do that joke on the road. So me and Geraldo had this this uh, gentleman's agreement that even though we didn't steal from each other, but we basically had the exact same bit um, that we would only do it on the road. So that's what happened. And we never really talked about it again. And we both just kind of forgot that we kind of had the same joke. And then like the same season, we both got a half hour on Comedy Central. (laughs) And And we both did the bit. And I remember my special came out first, and I remember getting an email and somebody going, "Hey, bro, just to let you know, Greg Giraldo stole your stole your MTV Cribs bit." And I went like, "Oh, fuck, that's right. He's got the same thing." So I emailed the kid back, told him the story, and then I called Giraldo, and we both just started laughing, and we we're trying to guess which one of us was going to be, you know, called a joke thief more. Wow, that was wow. That was way back, way, way back. That was like 2002. Um, oh, my God, I'm a loser. I'll never own a helicopter. I'm a disgrace. Jesus Christ. That's fucked. I remember saying that. Here I am, years later. Years later. Years later. Um, all right, let me read a couple more of these, uh, these, these advertising things here, and then I can wrap this podcast up, and hopefully... I'll be able to upload this with the Euro fucking internet here. Please tell me that's not wind chimes. Is that a fucking telephone? I'm not answering that shit. Hello, this is Louis. All right. There we go. So before I check out here and uh, begin my fucking vacation here, what are you going to do, Bill? You know what I'm going to do? I'm not doing shit. I'm going to sit in the cafes and, uh, I don't know, eat some fucking, some of their food. I forget what that beer was that I liked the last time I was over here. I'm looking forward to doing that. But uh, to be honest with you, I just want to chill out, not be an asshole, and make sure my wife has a good time, to be honest with you. That's going to be my attempt because I don't, I don't want to end up like that guy. That guy was so, I was fucking depressing. I felt bad, like his wife was just sitting there taking it. One of those old school fucking women. Just, someone needed to take her aside and be like, you you can't take this from this guy. You gotta fucking slap him around or something. I don't know what. So anyways, let's talk about the NHL finals, which I'm gonna fucking miss over here unless I can find an NHL bar. Um, I know, I know, you can watch it online with the password and I'll probably fuck it up. Uh, but anyways, uh, Blackhawks versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Um, I'm going to tell you something right now. Jonathan Taves, that guy, he is in the process of uh, being one of those guys who they're going to be selling his jersey like 20 years from now. And little kids in 20 years are going to know who he is. That fucking guy, like, he's just a man. That guy just fucking steps up. That game seven against the Ducks, and congratulations to the Ducks too. Man. What a what a what a season they had! Just a great fucking team. Um, and uh, just game seven, they're on the road in Anaheim, and just right in the first two minutes, just shuts the crowd the fuck up with a goal, and then scores another one. End of first period. It's two to nothing, and Tave scored both fucking goals. It's just the guy is he's just he's the shit. So I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm who isn't a fan of greatness. So there's usually I like the underdog, and I, I like Tampa Bay, and I really like you know Steve Eiserman and everything that he's done with that thing. So if, if Tampa Bay wins, I'll be I'll also be happy. But like uh, I, I obviously just having a player like Taves get a third. Is uh, it's great for the game, and it's also great for Chicago because then now you know when they do their their whole like the great people of uh, who are the greats of Chicago sports, right? Bobby Hull, Michael Jordan. I'm sorry, Walter Payton, Michael Jordan, and then Taves is going to be right in there, right? He gets his third. Um, wait, we got to they got to have a great Ernie Banks. Who's a, who's a great White Sox? I don't even know that. Shoeless Joe Jackson from the fucking Black Sox. I hate that they call them the Black Sox. It's like, no, they were the fucking White Sox. And they, they fixed the World Series. Now that, my friends, that was cheating. Fucking air pressure. I'll never get over it. I'll never get over it. <clears throat> Anyways, um, so obviously I think the Blackhawks are going to win just because they're so deep in the... Uh, the uh, experience they have, but I'm really bummed out that I'm not going to fucking see it. Um, I'll figure out a fucking way to do it. And then what's the other one we got here? Oh, let me sit in this fucking antique chair. I hope it doesn't break. Um, who else is it? Oh, LeBron versus what's-his-face? Steph Curry. I don't know shit about basketball. All I know is Curry's one of the most amazing basketball players I've ever seen in my life. But I got to be honest with you. I am so sick of a close-up on his face while he's chewing his mouthpiece. It's fucking gross. Okay? Uh, just keep it in your fucking mouth. I hate that shit. You know what it's going to do? Because he's so good, it's going to inspire an entire generation of young kids to walk around with their f- chewing on their fucking mouthpiece after every fucking play because they want to be like him. You know? Remember when you wanted to be like Mike? You just stuck your tongue out and tried to dunk as you floated in sideways then you just uh tripped and fell uh now they're gonna have the fucking that thing hanging out of their mouth but um i don't know who to root for there i love the whole thing that lebron came back and won one for fucking cleveland like they could finally quit their fucking whining all the time about how awful their sports situation is but then on the other side i like golden state man golden state to me like uh that team is like uh what was that Will Ferrell movie? Semi-pro? Like, to me, Golden State is like, they got the sickest floor in the NBA. But before they had it, man, like, where they play is just old school sports. There's not a lot of 
venues like that anymore. I went to a game there a long time ago when they played the Spurs. Uh, David Robinson was still on the team. He was in street clothes, though. And uh, what's-his-face was really young. Uh, Captain, the big fundamental there, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, But anyways, they had the sickest live band there, so... You know what? Ah, this is tough. I think I got to go. I got to go for the Warriors. You know why? Because Al Madrigal is a Warriors fan, and he's the fucking driving force behind the All Things Comedy Network. There you go. That tipped it in favor. I know you're like, what about Jason Lawhead? What about Jason Lawhead? Well, you know what? The Buckeyes won it this year, so he's already got a championship, so I'm rooting for the Warriors. There you go. I'm rooting for the Warriors, and I'm rooting for the Blackhawks, the greatness of uh, Jonathan Taves. I want to see uh, I want to see him get his third one and uh, plus original six and I also got to be honest with you the fucking Blackhawks that that home jersey which used to be the away that red one that's one of the best jerseys in all the fucking sports all right that's the deal everybody uh, thank you to everybody that's listening I'm in a generous move here I'm still gonna tell you to go fuck yourselves but uh, I'm just so fucking psyched I finally got the helicopter thing um, done and then I can now go on to uh, actually really learn how to fly the fucking thing, which is really what your pilot's license is. It's a license to learn, they say. So I got to get on that shit. So that is it. I'm going to do another goddamn comedy jam coming up this month. Uh, so I got to get my drumming chops back together. I've been nothing but helicopters this month. So uh brought my little fucking pad over here. You know, got a paradiddle my fucking way back into drumming shape. But when I come back, I forget what date that is, uh, but they'll have it up on their website.